If you can turn with me, please, to Genesis chapter 43. Genesis chapter 43. I'll just read one first, really. Verse 14 is our text of Scripture. We've been looking at uh, Jacob, or Israel, preparing his sons to meet the sovereign of the land. And God willing, next time uh, they will arrive when we uh, get there for the next message. But this is the last in that four-message series, Giving to the Sovereign. And this time it will be prayer offered up, uh, Israel praying for his sons as they prepare to meet the sovereign. And there's certainly a lesson there for parents praying for your children, uh, as we'll see this afternoon. But just one verse of scripture, Genesis chapter 43, verse 14. This is Israel's prayer for his sons. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. And if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. Amen. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. In Genesis chapter 42 through 43, you will have noted a change of name as some have people have already come in recent weeks and spoke to me about this change of name between Jacob and Israel. Remember, God changed Jacob's name to Israel in Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. He said, thy name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. The same words repeated in Genesis chapter 35, verse 10. The name Jacob meant deceiver a supplanter and a twister. It was a name that signified or symbolized the natural man and the fleshly man. However, the name Israel meant power with God and with man. In other words, once you have power with God, you will have power with man. And we will bring that out uh, this afternoon in this message. But the name Israel symbolized the new man, the spiritual man. You see, at times, Jacob lives and acts like the fleshly man. He doubts, he fears, he becomes anxious, he bears the burdens of life upon himself, he forgets the Lord's ways. And we read in Genesis 42, verse 36, All these things, he said, are against me. He failed to see that God was working for him, not against him. And we always must remember that. God is not working against his people. But all things, God was working for good uh, to Israel, to Jacob, that one day he would meet uh, Joseph again and also have provision. However, in Genesis chapter 43, in preparing to meet the Lord of the land, preparing his children, he must trust in God. He must depend upon the Lord because he's now permitting Benjamin to travel to Egypt as required, as requested, commanded by the sovereign of the land. And for that reason, the name Israel is in few. We learn in verse 6 and also in verse 14, where he now begins to pray to God for his sons. He brings his family to the throne of grace as one who has power with God, that they will have power with man, which in this case will be the sovereign ruler of Egypt, Joseph himself. Read the prayer 
and God Almighty gave you mercy before the man, that is, in the presence of the sovereign, that he may send away your other brother, remember that is the brother uh, Simeon who is in prison, and Benjamin, if I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. Israel prays for his sons that they will find favor in the sight of the sovereign ruler of Egypt, that they will be accepted and his two sons will return home. And what a lesson that is for our own lives, men and women. Certainly fathers as the prophet, priest and king of the home under God's guidance and direction to pray even for your children. Pray for them as they prepare to meet the sovereign Lord day by day and certainly week by week. Have a word for my children. Have a word for my family. Lord, they're not saved. Save them. Lord, they're backslidden. Restore them. Lord, they're going on with you. Prosper them in your way. But, oh God, give them favor in their exams. Give them favor in life. Uh, Give them favor as they seek for a job, praying for your children. But above all, praying that God will bless them and they will walk in his ways. But how many times do we act like Jacob? We act like the fleshly man. We greed the Lord by a thousand falls. We doubt, we fear, we imagine the worst. There are more times we think that God's not working for us in areas such as our family, our work, our social life, church, health, financial. And we say, all these things are against me. Instead, we must act like Israel. We must trust in God at all times to have power with God. Get to the throne of grace in prayer. Come before God Almighty and know that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. And you must know this, child of God, the Lord is not working against you. But in his providential dealings, he's moving all things around you, working around you, unknown to you, in order to uh, provide for you, to bless you, and to make you more and more like Christ. His ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And the thoughts that he thinks towards us, they are pleasant. They are to give us uh, an expected end, hope for the future. And so having considered in recent weeks the preparation, the path, the prostration in giving to the sovereign, those are things that Israel instructs his sons to give before the sovereign ruler of Egypt. Now Israel himself as the Father prays for them, as they go before the Sovereign. And we come today to the petition in giving to the Sovereign. The petition, this prayer in giving to the Sovereign. Uh, Notice uh, there are three simple thoughts. This petition that is offered up rests upon God's power. It's interesting to learn how Israel prays. And we've all said this before. You want to learn how to pray. Use the Bible. That's God's word. That's God's language. Answer the question, Lord, teach us how to pray. Well, here is God's word in prayer. 
Notice the name that he uses. God Almighty. And therefore, there is reverence. And always remember that, young people and men and women. When you come to the throne of God in prayer, have reverence. Have that holy fear of God. You're coming to one who is God Almighty. Away with this nonsense, the big man upstairs, or all these other nonsense phrases, the boss man you hear people today, or people just coming in so casually uh, to the throne of grace ought never to be. And I tell you this here, you ought to be thankful for the free Presbyterian church that God has raised it up. Uh, thankful that when you hear men preach, when you hear men pray, that you actually are hearing these truths being taught. And you hear men pray and hear men preach about uplifting the Savior. Because I tell you, I've been in churches before and I've listened to men before, not our own denominations, just others. And I tell you, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. And if that's all you knew, it would be very, very sad. And I tell you, I remember one time I, I was in a church and uh, I was asked to pray and I prayed. I remember the man said this here. He stopped everybody and he said, there goes a free Presbyterian. Because we were known by our praying. And that ought ever to be the case. Israel, as he comes before God in prayer, God Almighty. And there's great truth in that. That was the name that God revealed himself to Israel years before. In Genesis 35, when again his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Verse 11 of Genesis 35, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, a company of nations shall come of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. Also again, some of the words repeated in Genesis chapter, in Psalm 105, verses 8 through 10. And that refers to the, the genealogy of uh, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The same truth is taught. So notice the name that he uses, God Almighty. The name for God, as you have before you in this passage, is the name El, meaning the Mighty One, the Powerful or Powerful One. So here we have one El. He is Almighty. He is All-Powerful. The name or word Almighty is the word meaning Shaddai. And you may get closer to where we're going in a wee minute. It's from the root word shad. The Hebrew word shad meaning breast. And it signifies a metaphor for God who nurtures, sustains, feeds, and supplies his people with that unlimited uh, supply. Refers to one who is all sufficient. And so for that reason, the name God El, Almighty, and the name Almighty, meaning El Shaddai or Shaddai, is often referred to as El Shaddai. And you'll know that phrase. And again, there's a wonderful song uh, we'll get maybe our young people to sing next time about El Shaddai. Actually, many wonderful songs. Again, it's the same truth as we sung about Jehovah Jireh. You know my provider. And so you have here uh, El Shaddai, the God all-sufficient, the God all-powerful. And that's what it means. El Shaddai. All-sufficient, God Almighty, God all-sufficient, God omnipotent, all-powerful. So you've learned two things today about God. 
because hopefully in our Bible study at some point uh, we'll go through the names of God. So you've learned today already, Jehovah Jireh is my provider and God Almighty means uh, El Shaddai, God All-Powerful. Interesting to note that both the word Almighty, meaning Shaddai, and the word Shad, meaning breast, are used in Genesis 49, verse 25. Whenever Jacob, this later we'll get to, whenever he blesses Joseph, his son, he says, even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee? By the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. And he's obviously praying there for this provision and this nourishment. And therefore, the name Almighty, God Almighty is the name El Shaddai, God who is all-sufficient, the one who nothing is too hard with or hard for. And therefore, believer, I make this point because as Jacob is praying or Israel is praying for his sons as they go before the sovereign ruler, he begins to pray one whom nothing is too hard with. And you know his situation, Lord, bring back. I want Benjamin brought back and I want Simeon brought back as well. My sons are going into Egypt and I know what will befall them all in the journey. And so God Almighty, give them favor. El Shaddai, all sufficient. Nothing is too hard for you. Intervene in the lives of my family, my children, and bring them back. Lord, do this for thine honor, for thy glory. Lord, thou art all powerful, almighty. You're able to do it. That's why he prays. And the whole point I'm getting to you is this. When you pray, you're not praying to a weak God. You're praying to Almighty God El Shaddai, one who is all-sufficient, one who is able to intervene. And always remember that as well. You come to one who can uh, do all things, one who is able to do exceedingly abundant above above all that we can ask or think. Therefore, parents, when your children seem hard, will they ever get saved? Will they ever be brought out of this backslidden state? Will they go on with God? You're coming to pray to one who is almighty, one who is sufficient, one who is able to intervene. When you think about this city of London, you think about this area of Walthamstow, you think about the empty seats, will they be filled? Will people come in? We're not praying to a God who's lost everything. We're not praying to one who doesn't know what's happening. We're praying to one who is almighty, one who is all-sufficient, one who is able to intervene. And therefore, remember that when you come to pray, come believing, pray believing. Lord, I'm coming to God Almighty, all-sufficient, all-powerful. But notice, secondly, this petition rests on God's promise. The first time this name, El Shaddai, or God Almighty is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 17. Reference to God restating the covenant promise made with Abram in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 15. Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. And when Abram, I notice that again we'll look at the change of name. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram. 
and said unto him, I am the Almighty, that's El Shaddai, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And again, so that was given to Abram and then later restated to Jacob in Genesis 32 and verse 35. Remember, as we said in Genesis 32, Jacob was distressed. You remember it goes back uh, to his dealings with his brother and he was distressed because he thought his brother Esau was out to slay him. And he begins to pray and he pleads over the promise of God. Genesis 32 verse 12. Notice what he says. Again, you want to learn how to pray. Here it is again. Thou saidst, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered. And so here he begins to pray, Lord, my brother is coming after me. And Lord, I think he's going to slay me for revenge for what I did for him. Lord, you give me a promise that um, that there will be good to me and thy seed will be as the sand of the sea. You'll bless my seed, my generation, my land. But that would not take place if he died. And so he comes before God and says, Thou saidest, Lord, here's what you said you would do when you met with me on that occasion. You said. So what's he doing? He's bringing God's word before him. That's what prayer is. None of this jargon nonsense today. It's bringing God's word before him. That's what prayer is. Reverencing. Honoring, I'm coming to El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And when I come to him, I'm bringing his word. Lord, thou saidst, you said you would do something. Lord, I'm bringing before that truth before you. And I'm saying, Lord, now do it. Lord, fulfill it. And that's the whole point of his, his prayer. This promise, as we said, was restated. And we emphasized by God on many occasions. And again, it was to Jacob, Isaac, uh, Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, to Abram and thee shall all the nations of the earth was blessed. And remember, so you have Abraham, his son Isaac, and his son Jacob, then name changed to Israel. And so all through each man, the Lord appears to each with the same promise. Now here's interesting. Uh, Abraham's seed then was a physical seed, a natural line. Abraham's name means exalted father, but his name was changed to Abraham, which means a father of a great multitude or the father of the great. The name meant blessing. Remember even the Jews in Christ's day, They prided themselves being from Abraham's seed, as Christ stated in John chapter 8, verse 33 and 37. Now, without tracing the whole genealogy, uh, let me say this here, that through Abraham's seed line, and we've looked at this on certain occasions in different men, but in or through Abraham's seed line would come the promised Savior who was given in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Now, we've looked at this many different times, but we've looked at it through different men. 
Again, let me refresh you. You've got Abraham. You've got Isaac. And then you've got his son, Jacob. And then one of his sons named Judah. And from Judah's line, kings would come from Judah's line, who then included David, brought into the royal uh, line. But there had to be a physical, a natural seed line from Abraham to Jacob to David. This is not make-belief. An actual physical seed line. Because the birth of Christ would be the ultimate fulfillment of that promised seed line from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through Judah, on through David. This is not make-believe. This is not an hallucination as people would uh, have a say today or believe today or uh, just well, just a good story. You know, up there with other books. No, this is real. This is a seed line. The Savior came through this generation, this line. Again, Genesis 22, verse 18. And remember, Genesis 22, uh, you have the promise. That's where you find the great statement, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will see to it. Remember that whole lesson was about Abraham to offer his only son, Isaac. But there was a ram who was offered in the place of Isaac and Isaac was spared and came again. And Abraham said, my son, God shall provide himself a lamb. And that's the lesson. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will see to it. The Lord will provide. What did he provide? A sacrifice for sinners, his beloved son. And so Genesis 22, verse 18, in thy seed, Shall all, this is to Abraham, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. That seed then from Isaac, from Jacob, from Judah. Again, Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one unto thy seed, which is Christ. So Christ is in view. And we'll get more of that in a minute. Again, uh, John 7 verse 42 Christ cometh from the seed of David Matthew 1 gives the genealogy and he mentions in Matthew 1 verse 1 the generation of Jesus Christ or the genealogy or the seed line whatever term you want to use the son of David the son of Abraham and so see how both are brought together Abraham uh, through thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because from thy seed Christ will come and nations will be blessed through Christ. But your seed Abraham will include you, it will include your son Isaac, then Jacob, then Judah, on through uh, Boaz, then David, on through. Isn't the Bible just a marvelous book? It's God's word. It thrills our souls to learn all this stuff. And so here's the whole point of this. Israel as he begins to pray for his sons, he's praying to God Almighty, and he's bringing a promise before his, uh, before the Lord. He's praying for his sons as they go uh, to Egypt, because one of those sons is named Judah. And remember, we've learned that Judah said, "I will be surety for Benjamin. I will uh, take the. I will bring him back." And so based on God's promise concerning a future seed line and concerning what God said to Jacob when he changed his name, 
He said, Kings shall come out of thy loins. Then he prays, Lord, do as thou saidst. Have mercy upon them. Spare them. Because the promise concerns the seed line. And kings will come through that seed line. King David, King Solomon, as they were brought into that line, all going back or forth to Christ, the king of kings. And so see how wonderfully it is all traced. Jacob is praying with Christ in view. He's praying this promise. Spur my children. Give them favor. Bring them back. Watch over them. God Almighty, all-sufficient, El Shaddai, thou saidst that kings will come out of my loins, but if my children all die, then that will not happen. If they perish, that will not happen. And so you see how everything's put together. Again, God provides Joseph who will save the nation, but also on the promise, Judah will be spared. Because from Judah and that line, kings will come out, King David, uh, Solomon, and through to Christ. The whole point I'm making is this, Christian, when you pray, pray with Christ in view. That's the whole point I'm getting at. That's what you may say, all that for that. The point is this, I'm getting at here. When Jacob prayed, or Israel prayed, he prayed with Christ in view. Spare my children, bring them back because one of them's Judah and kings will come through Judah. Give them favor in this man. Because as we learn, as a sovereign ruler of Egypt, Jacob could have, or Israel, or, uh, Joseph could have just punished them all. He could have done what he wanted with them all. And so the prayer is, Lord, thou saidst, Lord, fulfill your word. Spare my children because from my seed, Messiah will come. Kings will come. And so the whole point I'm saying, when you pray, you come before God in prayer. Thou saidst, Lord, do what you have said. Prayer is talking to God about what he will say. Prayer is not babbling on. Prayer is not telling a story. Prayer is not advertisement. Prayer is not getting your point across. Prayer is not for you telling other people what you've done all week. I've been many, many times in different places and I've heard that. Lord, thank you today that I spoke to so-and-so today and I met them here and I met them there. That's a whole conversation. It's not about advertisement. It's not about, oh, I forgot the announcements, but let me get it in prayer. Lord, pray for the meeting next Saturday at 3 o'clock. May everybody attend and be there a bit early. And Lord, thank you for providing the car park before. And if people, Lord, just come 20 minutes, they'll be able to get a parking spot. That's not prayer. Prayer is coming before God. Lord, do what thou saidst. It's having Christ in view. And what did Christ say? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men on to myself. Lord, lift up the name of thy beloved Son in preaching. Again, we learn, uh, the Lord taught us, uh, when ye pray, uh, pray for laborers to be sent out into the harvest field. Lord, do as you've said. We're praying for laborers in the mainland. Lord, send them out. Again, prayer uh, is not Asking God to do something that is against his will. We're not twisting God's arm. We're simply saying, Lord, 
do according to your own will. If you cannot pray in your prayer, Lord, as thou saidst, if you cannot pray your prayer with Christ in view, or with an aim to exalt Christ, then you pray as the hypocrites, feign babbling and feign glory. He is El Shaddai. He is Almighty, all-sufficient. Therefore pray, thou saidest. Pray for souls here in London to be saved, to be reached, because he said, I will build my church. Therefore pray, Lord, thou saidest, thou wilt build thy church. Lord, do it in this city. Thou saidst, Lord, that Christ came into this world to save sinners. Lord, save sinners. Lord, do it. Because that is praying, not waffling. That is coming before God in prayer, as thou saidest, praying on the promises. That's what Jacob's doing here in prayer. Notice finally, his petition rests. I think it's finally anyway. Let me just check. Yeah, it is. So pray uh, based on God's purposes. God's purposes. God Almighty, El Shaddai, give you mercy before the man or in the presence of the man that he may send your away your brother and your other brother, uh, your other brother and Benjamin. If I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. The word mercy means compassion, favor, pity, kindness. And so Israel is praying that the Lord of the land, the sovereign ruler of Egypt, will show kindness, mercy, favor towards his sons. And you pray that for your children. Lord, favor them and work. Keep them, watch over them. Favor them in school. Lord, protect them. Put thy hand upon them. Again, as I said before, when we have our devotions at night time, as a family, we always give thanks to God for protecting the children. Lord, thank you for watching over the children today. Lord, bless them, favor them. You ought to do that as well. Do that for yourself, young people. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me today in school. But you're praying, Lord, give them favor when they have a job application. Lord, give them favor. When that exam, give them favor. Lord, may they have, uh, uh, put thy hand upon them. But above all, in salvation, in glorifying God. We know the man in few is Joseph, but he is unknown to them. And so he's praying for mercy. And we learn this prayer will be answered in the next number of weeks as we look at this, that God's mercy, his favor will be shown upon his people. But what a few we have of another man, a greater man, the man Christ Jesus, who is the all-sufficient savior of sinners. God's compassion and God's mercy, as we will see in Israel's prayer, will be answered in the next chapter. We'll see that, where God's mercy and grace will be seen through him. And so God's mercy and grace in our life is seen through the Lord Jesus Christ in his life and his death. Nehemiah prayed, Nehemiah 9, verse 31, Thou art gracious and merciful. bit different than the prayers you hear today that he's accommodating and he's uh, welcoming in all these things about sin. No, thou art gracious and a merciful God. There's mercy with Christ 
And that is pictured by Israel's prayer. Now remember, God's covenant to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob rested on mercy, demonstrated to sinners of every nation through Jesus Christ, coming through the line of Israel's son, which was Judah. And so God's covenant dealing, as we learned in the last point, had a physical aspect, an actual seed line. He came through uh, the Jewish nation. But there's also a spiritual lesson as well, and both are found and fulfilled by Jesus Christ. That through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the nations would be blessed. Through Abraham, Genesis twenty-two eighteen, In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. To Jacob, a nation and a company of nations shall come out of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And so this goes beyond the physical to the spiritual. Again, Paul says of this in Galatians 3, verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith are the children of Abraham. Again, he brings it out in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For all are one in Christ. If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs to the according to the promise. And so God's purpose in Christ is redemption to the saving of sinners, both Jew and Gentile. Now, how does Israel's prayer, this is interesting, how does Israel's prayer impact the spiritual lesson? We've looked at the physical lesson. His prayer is about preserving the natural seed line to which Messiah will come through. But now, spiritually, how does this work through? Notice, and God Almighty give you mercy, that's favor, kindness, before the man, that he may send away your brother Benjamin. So now the focus is about Benjamin. Oh yes, in the physical seed line, watch over the the brothers and my sons, give them favor, because one of them is Judah, and through Judah, kings will come, Messiah will come. But now, as he prays for mercy, it's now concerning Benjamin. Why is that? Why is Benjamin so important when it comes to the furtherance of the gospel? Well, let me ask you a question. What Jew was saved from the tribe of Benjamin? Anybody have a a guess? You want to take a guess? You want to tell me? Paul. There you go. Paul. So you can imagine if Benjamin is killed or whatever or not brought back. So here's the whole point. It works at, he's praying upon God's promise of redemption regarding spiritual matters. Judah, that's where Christ will come through the seed line. But also when it's reaching out further field through Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, Paul will later come through that line. And we know that, don't we? Because we learn in Acts 15 verse 14 that through the Gentiles there'll be one who will take out a name among that people. And Philippians chapter 3 verse 5, Paul says himself of the tribe of Benjamin. Acts 26 verse 17 and 18. 
He was called to deliver the people and from uh, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And so here the two are brought together, the physical seed line and the spiritual lesson brought together. Judah, Christ will come through his line, physical seed, descendant. He will be born, he will die, save his people. Through Benjamin, the gospel will prosper through the tribe of Benjamin because Saul will be saved and name later changed to Paul. And he will spread the gospel uh, to the Gentiles and tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. So when Israel is praying, his prayer centers for his sons upon redemption, God's work saving, sparing Jew and Gentile. And let me tell you this, you're here today as an answer to prayer to Israel's prayer. The nation was spared. Judah was spared. Benjamin was spared. And therefore, the tribe, as it continued on, Paul brought the gospel, as we're learning in Philippians, to Europe. And so to miss Christ in the covenant of mercy is to miss the message and the messenger of the covenant. Every covenant blessing God gives to his people is because of Christ, through Christ, by Christ, because of who he is and all he accomplished by his sinless life and the shedding of his precious blood. Therefore, in closing, men and women, when you pray your prayer, also pray over the purposes of God. Pray that God's purposes will be furthered, that God's purposes will be fulfilled in the saving of sinners, the building up of his church. Dear Father, Pray for your children, as Israel did, that God will show them mercy before his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is El Shaddai. He is all-sufficient. And therefore, the Lord Jesus offered himself one sacrifice for sins. He substituted himself In the place of guilty sinners he came to save by bearing their sins on his own body on the tree that he might bring them to God. And no coincidence, we end the message as we learnt this morning from the Bible reading. His mercy, his favour, his goodness endureth forever. From Abraham to Isaac to Judah to David, Christ who is the fulfillment. To you who are hearing the gospel today, there's favor, there's mercy, there's goodness, because his mercy endureth forever. If it didn't, then you would not hear the gospel today. There would be no hope for you today. But there is hope for you, because Israel prayed, Lord, thou saidest, and God answered. And therefore you pray, Lord, thou saidest, You've given this promise through Christ. Now, Lord, fulfill it for his own honor and his own glory. Amen.